0: You can make up a lot of ground by avoiding the stuff we're going to talk about here.
1: This can very easily get chaotic and get overwhelming and feel like just a lot of things and a lot of stuff.
0: You need to get with the right people in order to execute that plan.
1: There's nothing worse than falling in love with a
0: house that you can't get.
1: Having that plan and system has a 100% success rate of making everybody's lives easier.
0: We really want your experience to be great.
1: We talk for a living. We talk a lot. If you couldn't tell. Welcome back to Millennium, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials, entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Jan Anusky and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. Hey, welcome back to Millennia. Hello. So what we're getting into today is three things that you need to do To avoid real estate chaos.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to take the seller side and Jen's going to take the buyer side because uh, real estate consumers make mistakes on both sides. And that is what good realtors are here to help you avoid.
1: So why are we doing this? Why was this even a... Because
0: I'm going to tell you exactly why we're doing this. Realtors annoy me a lot on social media. They really do. I can't stand it because there's like this arrogance. An accountant isn't supposed to know how to do this. A doctor is like curing cancer and like doing heart surgery. He's not supposed to know like down in the degree of selling your house. And I think realtors take for granted that like people are off doing other things and they don't know what the mistakes are. The same way that you go to the doctor for advice or an accountant knows like how to save you on taxes or an attorney knows how to keep you out of legal pitfalls. Realtors are no different. There's a lot of you don't know what you don't know. But there's also the idea that you can make up a lot of ground by avoiding the stuff we're going to talk about here.
1: It's a lot to do in a real estate transaction, but you can have parameters and it is coming from somebody who can overcomplicate things. When it comes to my job, (laughs) that's when I do simplify very much. But it's very easy to just put it into these three buckets to be able to just stay within these parameters and then everything else will fall in line. Because this can very easily get chaotic and get overwhelming and feel like just a lot of things and a lot of stuff. But if you just start in these three places, then it's going to be smooth sailing. I'm going to ask again, Jen,
0: how do we eat the elephant?
1: Nine at a time, even though I still don't know why people would be eating an elephant.
0: Yeah, uh, it's the largest land mammal. Useless information by Seth. It's The analogy is because it's the largest (laughs) land mammal. How do you eat a blue whale? It's the largest animal on the planet.
1: (laughs) One blubber at a time.
0: Uh, Yeah, one blubber at a time. Um, so I would take sellers, though. I want to start with those. I am predominantly a listing agent. I do work with buyers as well. Same thing with Jen. But sellers have sometimes a lot more work to do because they are also buyers. And Jen's going to talk about that in a minute. But there is a little bit of a balancing act to be had to sell your house. And I really really push my sellers to contact me early. And I know we've talked about this before, but I, I just can't understate this enough. There has literally never been anyone at a settlement table who said, I just reached out to my realtor too soon. I, I don't know what I was thinking. It just It's not even a logical thing. Sometimes it's very simple. I will admit that. Sometimes it's very cut and dry. Hey, I'm moving to Cincinnati. Here are the keys. Sell it. Call me when it's sold. That's different. But in the real world, that is not Really, how things work most of the in time in the real
1: world. It's like I have two kids. They're currently also. I have two in kids, school, and I also dog. have some dogs. I have
0: a dog. Do I have to crate them? Do I landscape out front? Do I should I redo my bathroom before I sell? Should I recarpet?
1: Am I going to be carrying two mortgages?
0: How do I logistically have people walk in and out of my house? Should I leave town for the open house the whole weekend? I mean, I've been working with one woman for two years, and she's probably not even going to list until 2025. But she calls me whenever she has a question about the house. Hey, should I replace this? Should I do this? Hey, is this going to hurt me if I do that? Would buyers care about this? And every single time she calls me, I give her the best advice I can, but she's doing things the smart way. It's, I know that this is coming down the pike, so I should be getting guidance leading up to it. And to your point too,
1: you're taking the seller's stance on this. I'm taking the buyer's stance on this. What you're going to find is that they both have the same three key things to do. That's right. And those three things that we're going to go over in both scenarios is to not wait number one. Number two is to have plans and systems in place. And number three is to have top people working with you. And we'll go into what kinds of people those are because it's not just your agent.
0: I was just diving right in because I'm just so excited about this topic.
1: Oh my gosh, so excited. But I actually want (laughs) people to know what we're going to talk about. So those are the three key things. Yeah,
0: that's absolutely right. With sellers, you can absolutely wait too long. And then you've got a situation where you have more chaos than you need. This really, though, when I say reaching out, it goes for families, upsizing families or downsizing families or side sizing, which means you go just you're moving across town or into a better school district or something like that. There are so many little logistical things that we can help you with. And a lot of times I have seen people just they look at like, honey, there's no way we could possibly work, be a parent and sell this house at the same time. And then it just seems untenable, and then there's just paralysis, and then you do nothing.
1: For our New Year's episode where we said that one of the main reasons why your goal is gonna fail is because it seems unattainable.
0: But also working a plan. So a lot of times what I do with a seller is I give them kind of what I call their homework. So I go in, I assess, I look at things, whether it's like a divorce, where it's like your homework is, hey, you need to speak to an attorney, or if it is somebody who needs to do things to their house, or I have somebody right now who has to get testing for their son to see if they qualify for a certain program in a certain school district. That's a different one. That is their only homework because it's going to decide whether they move at all. So getting a plan in place, that's what we do. We're very logistical based and then we'll get to selling or buying the house. It's it, But this lead up is very important. You want to work with somebody and you want to work with like a team that actually has all the resources for you and has the experience to kind of line you up and get you where you need to be. From
1: the ground up. From the ground up, <laughs> that's right.
0: And then the, the other side of it is really having the resources and the team of professionals around you. Like right now I have someone in Philadelphia who needs like a city attorney because there's like a tax abatement issue and he wants to sell before his 10 years is up. I have a, an attorney in the city that has worked in this space before. It's those types of things where you need to get with the right people in order to execute that plan. I give you your marching orders, but then I also can just say, hey, listen, you don't have to go Google anybody. Here's the deal. Here's the guy. Here's this person. Here's that person. And then that referral ensures that good service is given.
1: That communication stays streamlined, too, because if you're going off of the... Referral for what we're recommending is work that needs to get done. Do you have to just like paint or do you need to go redo some rooms or yeah, yeah, yeah. like replace certain utilities? Or yeah, whatever? I think
0: I think home improvement is the most apparent thing when people are listening to this. They're probably thinking that. But there are other things. Here's a perfect one. You're selling your house and you need to go buy another one and you're an independent contractor or you're a small business owner. How you file your taxes that year is going to be super important. Oh, I'm going to sell in the spring. Okay, you call your realtor in March, you file your taxes, and then you go to buy, and you realize that your accountant, whose job it is to make it seem like you make low no money, now the lender can't, can't issue a loan. I'm not
1: admitting to that on the internet, Ira.
0: Yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> if someone had met with me in November, I'd be like, okay, so what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a, car- I'm a carpenter. I'm like, okay, so are you filing your taxes? When are you doing that? And we would get them in touch with their lenders so like the, everybody can speak to themselves because independent contractors and bi- small business owners are a, so can be a total nightmare. And the main reason is because of that tax issue.
1: It's a very good point to me. If
0: you're a realtor listening to this, that's an important thing. If you can't demonstrate consistent uh, commission income and you take a ton of deductions, it's going to be really hard for a lender to feel Good about giving you a loan. So, yeah, I will kick it over to you, though, if you want to talk about buyers. But for me, like sellers, this is like a passion project for me. I'm like talking to people like, listen, I am not coming over to this hat to your house to try to like put a sign in your lawn. Like I literally... Mm need to talk to you <laughs> i guess like systems
1: are really important whether like you are a yeah. uh, like type a personality who needs lists or not as soon as i go and meet a seller it's you seem like a list kind of person and then the eyes light up and it's like the gates open yeah. it's, yes i love lists. please
0: please give me instructions please yeah and i don't like, know where to start
1: i'm so happy to be able to be like here is a list to be able to check things off forms are standard but processes are not it yeah. all depends on who you're working with and who has what. So don't be afraid to ask somebody what kind of like systems that you have or resources that you have to use. Yeah, to and, and just like so easier. you know, our
0: team, we have lists coming out of our eyeballs over here. So <laughs> we have all kinds of things uh, and tools. If you're like a box checker and you like your little to-do lists, that's something we can provide. And uh, a good agency should, it's a demonstration of organization and expertise if they have all those tools for you.
1: And you also know what to expect, too, going forward. So on the buyer side of this, and like you said, sellers are buyers because they got to go somewhere, too. With the first point of not waiting, and we've mentioned this before, but say you're like, I'm not ready to buy right now. This is going to be like a later thing. I want to wait for interest rates to drop more before I buy. And and that's like fine and dandy. But like we said in a previous episode, there's no such thing as too early, but there is such thing as too late. And what I mean by that in this situation, and it's because they've seen it before, where they go through the pre-approval process because they're ready to get out there and get into the market and start firing off offers. And they're like, OK, I'm ready to go. My lease is up in, I don't know, say three months. And I think 30 months is plenty of time. But consider, if your lease is up in three months and you're starting to go out now, from the moment you go under contract on a house, that's minimum 30 days before you actually go to closing. You want to bake in time to be able to move your stuff out. You don't have to pay your first mortgage payment for between like a month and a half to two months either. Yeah, so depending on when you settle. You want to give yourself time to move yourself out of where you were living before and into your next place without being like me who had literally three days between the end of my lease and purchasing my house. It's stressful. So that's 30 days right there and let's just say 40 days with moving out. And then on top of it, you need to leave time to actually go see the houses. So the longer you wait, The more you're limiting your own inventory and your own options because then you're going to feel pressured to buy because you have to and you risk not getting what you really want to get. So give yourself more time to be able to look and get rejected offers because every buyer has those growing pains.
0: It's going to take a few tries potentially if the market keeps going the way it goes.
1: Yeah. And that's okay. It's all part of the process. The right house always works out, but you need to bake in the time for that to be the case. The other mistake with waiting is you're going through pre-approval process and you find that Things are not as clean in your file as you would have thought. Maybe your credit. I always say whatever you think your credit is or whatever your FICO score says on your credit card statement or whatever, just take off 25 points in your head. And that's what it probably really is. So it could be the difference between like maybe you do qualify, but you qualify as FHA, which is a government uh, loan. Whereas if you did these few steps that the lender suggests in a certain amount of time. It could be as short as maybe three months or you be strategic with what gets paid off in a certain order. And that is what a lender can advise to. Then you will be able to go into the next tier and be a stronger offer and a stronger file by being able to offer conventional. So you don't know those things until you actually put in that pre-approval application. Because again, you wait too late and then, oops, (laughs) you can't get what you thought you could get. That's the gist of (laughs) why not to wait. We also have for buyers having a plan in place. If all you do is say, okay, realtor, I want to go look for a house and you just go even and say, well, it needs to be three bedrooms, two bathrooms, needs to have a fenced in backyard for my dog, which is what everybody's looking for. And we just aimlessly go. There's really no structure. That's when you spend a lot of time And the time is costly. It's probably the most expensive thing that you can waste because you can't get any of it back. You end up spending all this time not focusing in on realizing that the school district that you're in is important or that, oh, maybe the kitchen is a make or break room or any factor of things. Or maybe you're buying with a spouse or a partner and you realize, oh, I love this, but your spouse is like, what are you talking about? No, I hate that. Oh well, that's not important to me, but it is the other person. Yeah,
0: and I—I'll I interject here real quick. Is that uh, a good agent? Even when you're out, is going to ask you a lot of questions. If they're not asking you a lot of questions, it's like, oh, okay, what well, do you like? How do you like this house? We ask all kinds of stuff. Like, hey, does it work because it doesn't have a dishwasher? Does this bother you? Or does it bother you that, like, you know, in Cape Cod, which in the Northeast is are very common, does it bother you that the kids are upstairs and you're downstairs? Like, we ask a lot of different logistical questions. Because those showings, you're busy, we're busy, and we want to drill down as fast as we can.
1: So, I mean, Lane, we want to respect your time and then respect time that we have to be able to take you guys out too. What we have, at least, is a buyer questionnaire. So before we even step foot out into going to see a house, we want to make sure you've spoken to our lender so you know what you can get. There's nothing worse than falling in love with a house yeah, that you can't get. And then say, like, you want to be able to afford it. They'll tell you how. Yeah. Again, don't wait. And then having the system in place where we have a system and it's a, okay, you come, you talk to us. Step two, we put you in contact kind of with the lender. Then we all speak with the lender. You fill out your pre-approval. We know our marching orders. Then you fill out our buyer questionnaire. It's five beautiful pages that are very simple. It sounds like a lot. It's not. That are able to bring up the conversation, whether it be you getting yourself to think of things that you may not have realized were as important to you or not and be able to streamline you and your partner of what is important to both of you and have that down on paper. It also allows us to know what is important to you so that everybody is on the same page and that the time that you're spent together is used in the most productive way possible. So we will also know, okay, what is really important? What can be compromised, but what really can't be compromised? That's when we'll find that out before even having to step foot into a door. And sometimes it changes and that's totally fine, You just have a baseline of going into this, of what's actually important. We then make a portal and then so on and so forth. So having that plan and system has a 100% uh, success rate of making everybody's lives easier. And then have the top people. So yes, obviously, this means your agent. And then go back to the one after the holiday episode to figure out how to um, pick the right agent. Boy, I could have a whole episode to talk about how having the wrong lender... Yes. (laughs)
0: Mm, yes.
1: <laughs> triggered.
0: Yeah, triggered.
1: Um, can completely ruin a an entire transaction for you. Jen
0: and I had a, doozy. a little war story. At the end of 2023. My God, we had one, a guy who, yeah, it just did not. It like, did not work out. We were under contract for what 45 days,
1: mm-hmm. and more than that. In total,
0: no. Oh, that whole deal. Yeah, we had to flip it. Yeah, we had to flip it to another lender or whatever. And the guy just—he literally just didn't look at the guideline, and he didn't. He put this. He didn't woman, listen. Yeah, he didn't listen. He he didn't look at the guideline for the lend for the loan program itself. It and boiled this,
1: down to he didn't listen. He didn't listen to what she went to him with. But regardless, yeah, I, I digress. So. The point to that though is that if your agent says, "Here's my preferred lender," everybody knows we do not get a kickback for that. We do not get paid extra. There is no incentive to us, to use people we are recommending other than we just know it's going to go smoothly and we know that you are being well taken care of, that's the kickback. We don't get any financial gain for you using somebody we recommend. Yeah. But if you say, I just like to shop it around and I heard Rocket Mortgage has a lower rate or they have this really great thing they're advertising, I, I, I twitch a little bit and I'm like, oh my God, please don't because what I can say is also with preferred lenders, typically... You have an issue on nights and weekends, which is when you're going out to go look at properties, that's when they're available. They yeah. will answer. And happily, it's just like us. That's part of the job. And
0: it's, a, it's a little bit of a bait and switch, too. Rocket Mortgage and, the, and some of these Loan Depot outfits, they have low rates, but they, they kill you on fees. So what we always try to do is, listen, you are able to shop. We can't force you to use anybody. And agents across the country, I don't believe can either, but at least in the state of Pennsylvania, we can't force a a consumer to use any inspector, any title, any lender. But we always just ask for the courtesy of our people being able to get in the mix if you are going to be shopping around. Our guy our guys are pretty good, man. I don't think I, we don't lose pretty a lot good. of we don't lose a lot of files after once you pull the veil away from all these other programs. it's it's trying to get you to to click on certain things and they say, oh, yeah, you can get a two two percent lower rates and nah, not really because by the time they bake everything in, it's totally different.
1: It's just they they need to sell something. And also you have the uh, ad layer of what's their incentive. I mean, those those will get paid at the end of the day regardless and be able to sleep at night. When you're using more like private lending companies, they get paid when you get your house and they have way more skin in the game and there's more on the line. They have more to work for and they want to. And it is more of a personalized experience, especially in this kind of situation.
0: I would add if it's my preferred part, like lending part, like they're incentivized to make everyone happy Mm -hmm. because they don't have to be my preferred lending partner. So you have that kind of anchor where, Mm -hmm. yeah, like our lender yesterday was texting us, Pretty much through all the football, and I know he was very, very interested in the football games yesterday. And he told me he's like, "I'm probably, gonna, to I'm do... probably gonna quote log off at three. Meanwhile, I was talking to him all at like, all night.
1: <laughs> Personally, I wanted to tuck and roll off the Commodore Barry.
0: Yeah, you know, well, we, we we had a yeah we had a little bit of a rough night last night, but that's okay. We get dinged up in this business, but in the end, we definitely try to push you towards the people we like to use, not because we get kickbacks or anything like that. It's because we really want your experience to be great. Yeah. I started this entire episode by saying "Like you're busy and you have something else you need to do every day. This is all we do. So the and same they way. know
1: the way we work, too.
0: Yeah. They know our expectations. Like a guy for, you know, sitting in a, in a call station in, you know, Boston who never worked with you, he's never worked with me. He has no real incentive to pick up the phone on a Sunday morning, which frankly is when we need numbers. If we see something and offer like last night, we had offers due at 530. If that lender isn't really engaged or he's some, some guy who's just nine-to-fiver, you're not going to get that offer in. So- and you know
1: what? Not to mention, I didn't have this written down. But it's a really good point. Having the right team working with you, when it comes to actually submitting offers, the agent he's talking about for the offer we were putting in last night, she called me to talk about the lender. If you don't have a lender with a good reputation, we got the offer accepted because I was talking to her and I, she said, I, I don't know that company. Can you tell me about them? I said, oh, this is for sure my preferred lender. I said, we've done closed yep. well over 100 deals with him successfully. And I was able to speak very highly of, if you ever needed to get a hold of him, you're going to. If it's 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday or if it's like 7 a.m. on a Tuesday, you're going to be able to get a hold of him. She was like, that really excites me. And it was part of what got our offer accepted. Yep. And even things like a title company, a settlement coordinator, a conveyancer. So people who all play roles in this. Are so important to be able to keep this all streamlined. If there's any broken piece in the link, it's just going to
0: fall apart. You know, you got to hire the right people. Yes. You got to get a plan. Yes. You got to reach out and get this whole process started earlier than you ever thought.
1: And if you're not sure if it's the right time, yes, go ahead. I don't mean right time to like go get out there, but the right time to make a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk for a living. We talk a lot, if you couldn't tell.
0: Well, we start a podcast, so we don't mind talking.
1: (laughs) So that's really the gist of it. So three main things to avoid chaos. Don't wait. Have plans and systems. And work with top talent.
0: Top talent. All right.
1: Cool. See you next time. See you guys. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia more information or to connect with us directly you can always get a hold of us on instagram at millennia Podcast, double l double N, or through each of our pages at janusky gets it done or at ask Seth anything until next time keep moving up later